Holly Open. Gorgeous, comfy dance. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and this episode, you guys, this is a really fun one, okay? Because listen to how this worked out. Normally, I'd go into like, here's this person's accolades, here's like the thing we're talking about, but instead, I just want to read you our guest's email that I got from this person, and then... We'll go from there. So let's let's start. I got this email. It was, hello. Uh, I won't read the compliments. That feels weird. <laughs> they, they listened to the podcast. Um, and they opened the world of polyamory to their lifestyle. Um, I have always been polyam. I just didn't know the language or examples to recognize this until that episode inspired me. Oh, okay. I did read one compliment. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always, I've learned there are many people in this world who could benefit from knowing that polyamory is a viable relationship model too. Imagine if your partner openly discussed that they are bound to act on other attractions because they believe in their ability to share infinite love and it has nothing to do with, nor will it take away any love from you it simply feeds their soul to engage in multi-love rather than lie and betray usually implied monogamous agreements by having an affair this type of disclosure would force partners to actually hash out agreements to maintain their relationship define boundaries and choose to become to come together with love rather than complacency rely on monogamous structures to prove love i.e marriage I am currently writing a book, yay, about my personal experience with polyamory because I want to be a role model for others who could stand to know the monogamous norm we are socialized into isn't their only options. Relationships are changing. Younger generations value authenticity and individuality. I know for a fact they are going to help rock polyamory into the mainstream. So long enough of them, so long as enough of them are luckily to be examples to be exposed. Uh, I am by no means an expert. That's okay. That's why this podcast exists. But I am an advocate for non-monogamy and polyamorous by orientation. I know you and I could have an important conversation about monogamy, but I hope you will just truly discuss more monogamy in the future. I gradually found my identity as polyamorous, but my wife and I decided to open up our relationship over two years ago. My wife is a beautiful and kind trans woman, and we have known each other since kindergarten. We have been married for almost four years now. I have another partner that has been part of my daily life for two years, and he has been a piv- and he has been pivotal in supporting my own journey during my wife's transition. I have a third partner too, and we just support each other's intellectual and sexual needs as needed. I'm sharing all of this because I know my relationships do not fit into any mono, hetero, gender binary box. And while this can be difficult, it has also been extremely liberating to break free from society's ideals. I want to publish a book, get out of the boxes, and I know that they don't belong into. I'm willing to share more with your experiences. You've inspired me. Compliments, compliments, compliments. This week, we have Jenna Miles. When I read your email, my heart just burst through the fucking moon out the top of my head. I was like, yes, 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 absolutely. Jenna, thank you so much for A, writing in and listening, and B, coming on Mm -hmm. to talk about polyamory. Thank you for reading my email. I was, yeah, when I wrote it, I was like, maybe she'll read it, maybe not. But either I read way, them all. I'm, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, thank you for getting back in touch with me. That's I'm really excited. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I told you before we started recording that people always want more information. And I don't think it's because it's like some weird fetishization. While that definitely is out there, I feel like my audience <laughs> is very like mindful and um, appreciative of shared experience. So, I, you know, I've talked about my open relationships on this podcast, numerous other podcasts, uh, YouTube videos, but I, it's one experience. It's one, like, pretty traditional hetero version of what openness can look like. And I'm so excited to talk to you about your journey. So I guess I'd like to start with just, like, how did this happen? How did this happen? Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, no, there's, like, lots of breadcrumbs that really led me to non-monogamy when I look back on it. Um, But really, like, the first kind of thing that triggered in my mind uh, was your podcast with Jared when you talked about your open relationship. I can remember, like, folding my laundry and putting it away and being like, hmm, this is so intriguing, but, like... I have no idea how I'd be able to fit this into my Mm. life. Like, Mm. yeah, this is just like so far off. And like, Mm. I live in a pretty uh, conservative area. Mm. Um, So it's like, I don't have any examples of open relationships like at all. Like you were really the first kind of um, first one. Yeah, no, it's so cool. And like, I I remember like really liking that podcast Mm. and saving it. Um, Mm. And then a couple months later, um, actually it was a couple months later that my, uh, my wife came out to me as a trans woman mm-hmm. and it was that, uh, experience of her coming out to me that really kind of opened up our, our communication more mm-hmm. and like ability to be more vulnerable and authentic with each other. Mm-hmm. And that really opened up my, um, yeah, me being able to say, yeah, this is like, yeah, an open relationship is something that is interesting to me. And I kind of want to explore that. Like, what do you think? And, uh, it turned out that like, she was totally on board too, which was like, just the craziest (laughs) feeling ever. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. We've been together this long. And like, if we would have just said it out loud, you know, like Mm -hmm. we would have, yeah, we were on the same page, but it was just, yeah, didn't, didn't have those examples and just didn't have, yeah. Like the language to communicate it or like you feel confident to communicate that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, what you say is so important to touch on, like not having the language because we are drilled with these cis heteronormative patriarchal relationship mm-hmm. models that anything outside of that, you know, even just forget like the gender binary, it feels like new, even though it's been happening since the beginning of time. We, right. we genuinely are afraid to express it because the only way someone could anticipate it in our minds, in our fear-based mind, is they are going to think that they're not good enough. They're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm not satisfied in this relationship. That it, right. It's a lot of fear and projection of what the other pe- person will think. And totally. we don't often go into it thinking like, what if this works out? beyond into my wildest dreams and exactly oh, yeah. what I considered. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have, it's kind of funny, like just an example of just being scared to communicate something that we were totally on the same page about was the first date that I had outside of my primary relationship. We didn't talk about 
um, kind of like rules or like how we felt around mm. uh, kissing until mm. right before he got there. <laughs> and it was like, I, the whole time, I'm like, I know that I need to bring this up, but like, yeah. I'm really scared that she's going to feel that like, m- yeah, my desire to kiss somebody else is taking something away from her. Mm. Like, yeah, like I have this like, capacity for kissing and maybe I'll meet my limit and then have none left for her or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, right. but yeah, so, um, sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, you bring up a great point too, that it's like, Oh, and my story. I, yeah. No, car- carry on. Yeah. If, if, yeah. No, that was basically it. Yeah. Like the, the whole, like I was so scared to bring it up. And then when I did, she was like, oh, like, yeah, of course. Like, of course you should kiss him. Like, if it if it feels right, then do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, right. now that it... And, like, it wasn't, like, yeah, almost, like, permission, but also just, sure. like, just that open communication, right? And just yeah, laying it all out there and being like, okay, this is this is okay. And Yeah. yeah. And how gorgeous, mm-hmm. too, that that happened at the same time as, like, your wife oh, yeah. coming out and the transition because... There's a story in my head that wants to imagine that, you know, if someone were in that scenario that they'd be thinking, oh, well, now I can't, you know, I'm making air quotes, fulfill this one side of your needs. So, of course, it has to be open or, you know, I'm I'm imagining a lot of like gender, like dysphoric fear between sure. a partner. Maybe Kinda. that's not the, the truth here, but I... I yeah. I imagine that yeah. people would think that that would be the case. Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's probably more in other people's minds than it's really mm-hmm. happening with us because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that like both of these things are like, bo- they're, they're part of each of our identities, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like she's trans and I'm non-monogamous and she's non-monogamous as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's more non-monogamous by uh, like lifestyle where mm. I'm more non-monogamous by orientation. Um, Ooh, like explain really the difference. Yeah. yeah, so lifestyle is more like, um, like right now it suits suits me, like to mm. maybe I want to have like a like a swinging experience mm. or like uh, like because my partner's into it or mm. yeah, like it just works out with life. Mm. Where um, yeah, like non-monogamous by orientation is like you fully like relate and identify with that ability to share love with more than one person and know that Mm -hmm. that's not going to take anything away from anybody else. And Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's just part of who you are. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a (laughs) big myth to dispel, right? Like, especially when you're going through a change in your relationship as well, like it, none of those instances have anything to do with taking away. Like it, it, seems very additive to just yeah both your like mental health and and life overall oh, wellness totally. <laughs> yeah yeah and, well it's really yeah sorry it's just really interesting because like I think maybe from an outside perspective maybe somebody somebody who's not familiar with uh, uh like an open relationship might see that like okay like my partner is going through this transition mm-hmm. and I have another partner um like but doesn't she need her support? Like, what, like what's going on here? Like, don't shouldn't you be with her during this time? And like, of course I am, but I'm, you know, I spend other time with my other partner too, or like just c- conversing, just having that relationship, that connection with him, mm. has really 
like made me be there more present for my wife. Her name is Sarah. Um, hi, Sarah. When, yeah, hi, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, so she's, uh, yeah, just made me feel like I'm uh, able to be there for her, right. m- more like fully present and yes. just like getting that support. Um, like, yeah, he was, so my, my other partner was the first person to know about uh, my wife's transition before we'd come out to anybody else. Mm. And he was the first person to know for quite a long time. And it was like so refreshing and Mm. needed to be able to just talk about her by her with her name and her, her Mm. pronouns and just know that like somebody else accepted us and that this would be okay. And then it just, it gave me so much more confidence to bring back to Sarah and be like, Hey, like, yeah, like this is so cool. Like we can do this. And, yeah. yeah. So it's exactly additive, not yeah. not taking away. Yeah. Yeah. And and like gosh, you you put anything in that spot, right? Like someone transitioning to their authentic self or like someone going through um like having kids or changing jobs, like you could put anything in there that someone could perceive as something stressful or or um like uh emotionally draining when it's like a quote that comes up to me that's always like, divorce is never a bad thing. Like when people are getting divorced, people are like, oh no, I'm so sorry. And it's like, Ugh, no, this yeah. is a good thing. Like we're, this right. needs to yeah. happen. And yeah. and I think like yeah. adding that partnership into a life is kind of like breaking the myth of that where you're supposed to only have this bond. There can only be like a masculine and a feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I find, and I don't know if you find this in your relationships, but like, I often find masculine energy not from people that identify as male or whatever. Like I, it is more about like energy exchange and balance mm-hmm. than yeah, gender exactly. anywhere. Oh yeah, totally. No, I agree yeah. with that. Um, sorry, you you sparked an idea that I was going to talk about. What did you no, just say? I, I can I can <laughs> rant sometimes. I like when I take my Adderall, I will go on fucking tangents. Um, oh I think I, I said like ADHD. people. Yeah. So oh, great. And it's I didn't two take my us. medication today. <laughs> two of us just bouncing off each other. We got yeah. this. I said something about like if you're going through a divorce or a change that people. Okay. Assume. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. See, got got it. There. So that's what I was going to say. So um, this whole yeah experience of like finding non-monogamy has really opened my eyes and like kind of changed my perspective on breakups and like Mm. rather than just because like in in life our needs and the context of our lives change all the time so our partner may not be able to fulfill certain needs or we might not be able to fulfill for them either um Oh no, I've, I've lost it. No, you, I was gonna, I was gonna piggyback the fuck off of this in that like, mm. I don't think, I think we believe that one person is supposed to be able to fill every part of our life and desires. And right. imagine if you only oh, yeah, had break- one person. Yeah, breaking up. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So like, just being able to. Okay. So the way that I approach re- relationships now is like or the way that I want to approach relationships, because sometimes that communication part is really hard. Sure. Um, but to just be able to like come to a partner and say like, Hey, this is what I can provide. And this is what's important to me. And like, this is what I have the bandwidth for. Like, do you have the bandwidth for me too? Like, 
let's connect then and just let it just be what it is. Mm-hmm. And if our lives change down the road, then like, let's come back together and negotiate that. And mm-hmm. like, rather than break up, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like, of course there's some relationships where, yeah, you need to yeah, break up sure. and get away from that. But, um, if it is like a good friendship, like maybe you just mm-hmm. need to rearrange or reframe the, the, yeah, the aspects of the relationship. And like, for example, my other partner, um, like uh, he, we've been in each other's lives for over two years now mm-hmm. and he's gone through a couple of times where he has dated monogamous partners. Mm. So we've changed mm. the aspect of our relationship. So like we've totally taken sex off the table during mm-hmm. that time, but like nothing else really changes about the relationship. Mm. Like mm-hmm. the connection's still there. It still keeps up. And then there's still that space for reconnection down wow. the road. Um, wow. And so, yeah, like that really, like, yeah, that fluidity, that flexibility is just really cool. And I, I just, I guess I just have a new perspective on breakups and it's like, yeah, breakups are good. Like they could be the start of a new relationship with that same person. If you're willing to put in the work to make it work. Right. It's so regenerative, regenerative, wait, what's the word I'm trying to say? Regenerative? Regenerative? I I just hear my own name, Jenna. (laughs) (laughs) Regenerative. Regenerative. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. And like, it's going to sound a little woo-woo-y. And so like, stick with me, confidants on this. But what I'm learning is like, there really is different parts to a relationship that you will become available for and not be available for, right? Like, you can be there emotionally through some things for your person and then sometimes like you really need to focus on yourself or maybe you don't need to be met with a a masculine emotion right now and like to be able to have that divine like feminine safe space somewhere else only makes you more available to show up for that person in other ways like maybe it's physical needs or intelligence or you know, even just yeah. like partnership in general, like validation, being a yeah. fucking roommate <laughs> or something, you know, like just showing up for that person as a partnership. It's, it's changed every single thing, the way that I think about relationships and the stakes are so lower, like the stakes of, of things that I used to fucking care about in high school mm-hmm. in my early 20s are so I mean you, I, like I can tell you yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about like yeah, yeah. It's especially really when less. you talk about them right like when yes. you can openly communicate them yeah <laughs> exactly and like mm-hmm. again you're change you are changing all the time you are growing and becoming different people all the time and your hope is that you find someone who's willing to grow with you and not away mm-hmm. from you and I think you can still grow on this path together without like exactly what you said if there is something special there that friendship at the base level of the relationship there are yeah. exes i look at and i'm like i wouldn't even be fucking friends with them if i wasn't yeah, fair enough <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. they are bad people but they were good for me yeah. as a, a sexual partner there right but it sure. really <laughs> opens up the conversation to be had about like what am i also jealous about or insecure about and maybe could you talk to any of your mm-hmm. experiences whether it was like you or Sarah coming to terms with like realizing I can't provide this for you and I also don't like that I can't provide that for you and it makes me sad or mm-hmm. it sucks but mm-hmm. we can get through it yeah well I guess one example that comes to mind is like uh, about Sarah going through her transition 
just because um, she spent a lot of her life kind of like with this front or like this mm-hmm. uh, you know, this facade a of mask, like, who she yeah. was. Yeah, this mask. Um, she, like she didn't have a lot of authentic, long-lasting friendships that she developed mm-hmm. over her life because she just didn't, yeah, authentically connect with these people. So I... Like now, like having gone through, well, I mean, we're still going through the transition, um, but like having gone through it, I just, I, I, like, I want her to have more people in her life that she could call and say like, oh my God, this person just misgendered me and it was horrible. Like, like, that'd be great if she had other people to be able to do that. Cause like, I'm, I love to do that for her. I'm such a, like a... Um, like I love to support people. Like I love to help people. That's like my job. That's what I do for work too. And like, I love it, but like, yeah, there's like, there's a capacity that you, yeah, you can only, yeah, (laughs) you can only take so much. And, and so, um, yeah. So like there was a time, like, of course there, like I, uh, like the jealousy piece, um, I, I'm very in control person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like being able to you know, like let your partner go do something else with somebody else. Like let your partner, yeah, like as yeah. if they're not a sexually autonomous right. human being. Like, <laughs> um, but it does like, feel like ca- a mutual decision. You know, it does kind. It ca- does need to be. It needs to be consensual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like sitting with that though. That that like okay. Like, do I feel jealous about this? Like, why? Why do I feel jealous about this? And is it jealousy or is it? Like, is this, is this about me or is this about her? <laughs> like Exactly. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you, the uh, word that I've come across in a lot of books that I've been reading about non-monogamy is compersion. Have you heard of that word? No, I haven't. So some people uh, define it as like the opposite of jealousy, where it's like feeling happiness for your oh, partner yeah. when they're out that. On, like on a date. Yeah, that's exactly. That's literally, yeah. I feel powerful. It's when yeah, I feel the yeah. most confident. I'm like, yes, right. go. Yeah. Yes. Go do it. Yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah. So like, so, um, yeah, that's totally, that's what you're feeling is compersion for that moment. And like happy for your partner to be out experiencing these experiences. Joy. Like, even though you're not there, like it's still a, it's still good for them and they're growing and enjoying it. And they're going to come back with this great energy that will benefit you in some way. Like, yeah. even if it's, yeah. yeah, like they just like wrote you a note on the, on the mirror yeah. or something, like whatever it is, like just yeah. some little thing that's like, yeah, I want to, sh- yeah. There's still um, like connection is still priority there. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, compersion though, like, Okay, so it, it's tricky, though. Like, I don't think it's quite the... Like, it's not so simple as just, like, flipping your switch from, like, mm-hmm. okay, I feel jealous, but no, I can feel happy. Like, yeah. it takes a lot of work to, like, really unlearn, like, the mono norm of, like, yep. my, yep. you know, our par- my partner is my partner, and we're exclusive with each other, and that's it, and we don't share, like, intimacy with no- anybody else. Um mm. But yeah, I uh, might have lost where I was going. No, nope. like I'm, <laughs> I am so in agreement of like wh- what you're talking about, where it's not going to be easy at first, right? Like, of course, it's going to be scary. And I think it's also right. different with oh, each yeah. partner, which like I it brings me to ask, like, how important mm-hmm. is the 
approval or relationship between like you and say Sarah's partner or between like Sarah and like your partner because where I've run into a struggle is if my partner's connecting with someone emotionally that I get and I'm going to say this like woo 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 like bad vibes from <laughs> mm-hmm. that's yeah. when I find the fear coming up and you know I can sit there and say is it me or is it really am I just feeling jealous that he's emotionally connecting with someone else or am I like relieved but there is something important too about the again the I hate saying approval because it makes it sound like a process of like approval or deny but like you want to like that person right of course yeah yeah well I think I don't know maybe you can like from your uh, podcast I think the way that I understand it is Okay, hold on. Let me explain my relationship. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so my relationship with uh, my additional partner is—he's n- not involved with Sarah. Like mm-hmm. he's like separate. Like that's—it's mm-hmm. um a V, like a V relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if you've heard of that. So yeah. like, um, I would be like the bottom part mm-hmm. of the V, and then each partner is yes. each other end of the V. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So they, they don't, they don't interact. Um, I'm kind of like the middleman between them, I guess, if they communicate, but like, um, yeah, I I don't know. Like we, I don't know what I'm trying to answer now. No, Um, I mean like, like, it's like, do you want Sarah to like him? Do you care? Does that like, is there, hmm. Okay, here's where okay, here's where I'm going with this. So my parents divorced when I was seven, and um, I spent a time going back and forth between their homes, mm-hmm. and like each parent had a totally different culture in their home, mm-hmm. like totally set, different set of rules, different types of fun, different attachment styles, oh, which is God. interesting. Um, <laughs> that must have yeah. been fun as an adolescent to figure out. <laughs> Oh, I'm still figuring it out. This yeah, is like non-monogamy is like really let me f- like give me more exam or like opportunity to explore it and be like, oh, that makes sense and why I'm like this now. Um, but yeah, so my parents, so um, yeah, yeah so they watch the that. totally different cultures, yeah, yeah. and uh, they didn't talk to each other. Mm. So I kind of. <laughs> like kind of look at my relationship like not that not that my my partners don't hate each other they just no. don't talk to each other right um so i communicated between my parents when i was younger mm. which was not okay that was not yeah. they've apologized for that and uh. that's not okay but um i learned how to be a mediator from that mm. just by nature just being in that position and uh mm. yeah so like it just feels so natural for me to mm-hmm. be in a relationship or relationships where they're not. Yeah. It's the, the V is a good example. And then I guess for your other partner, I don't know if we've introduced him as. Now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce 
just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacovas is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. The, the kind of the, I was going to ask, is this right to say, then there's a why you become the why because I'm you're like at the center. Yeah. And then you've got yeah. Sarah, your, your yeah. other partner. And then there's this sort of person at the bottom of the, well, making it sound like the bottom makes it sound like they're at the bottom, not at the bottom, but no. they're but friends like, with We're there for situation. each other too. Yeah, yeah. Friends with benefits. Exactly. And yeah. how did that work? How did that how was that introduced? When was that introduced? Again, does it matter that your other partner likes them? Do they know about each other? Like, where's the crossover? Um, yeah. So actually, to be honest, I found like I connected with both of these partners at the same time, like within huh. about a month of each other, um, two, two years ago. And, uh, yeah, the, the second partner really, or like the other partner, I know I hate to say like other or like third or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it seem like other, but in the context it's, of this, we could call it like the top of the Y over here. <laughs> this one over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like more like my, my friends with, he's more like a friends with benefits mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, uh, we really only connect when, when it works for us and that's mm-hmm. it. Like there's no expectation. There's mm-hmm. like, we've gone long, long times of period without mm-hmm. even just talking and mm-hmm. then just come back together and, and it's fine. Um, so like, yeah, when I'm when I'm like involved with my other partner, when I'm already involved with two partners, that's kind of my capacity, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and that helps helps me too to like I guess keep sexual health as um yeah, healthy as as possible and safe as possible. So, um Yeah, absolutely. And that's like a big part yeah. of it. I remember like when I went to my gynecologist, for, my new one for the first time who I love, who I've been going to for years now, and mm-hmm. she like said this statistic so like casually she was like yes and people in open relationships have more like vaginal health issues like more STI da, da, da. and I was like well hold on that's such a that's such a uh, an assumption of blah, blah, blah. but yeah. like the the truth totally. is is like when you are having more physical relationships if that's what the the situation sure. entails but it, it's I just a numbers challenge game that. please I challenge. challenge that I'd because- love to most people in life right now are not in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. or they're in a, a serial, serial monogamy. Mm-hmm. So dating consecutive partners back to back with no overlap. Um, okay. Um, or they're yeah engaged in some kind of infidelity where mm-hmm. there's secrecy and more likely mm-hmm. to be, you know, sexual health issues because mm-hmm. you're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, where like, I think that, polyamory, non-monogamy, there's a lot of intention and thought 
put into mm. it and a lot of negotiation and mm. communicating that like mm. you have to kind of all be on the same page and mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that that's kind of a bit of a myth about open relationship is that it's like, oh, all about the sex and oh, they must be like promiscuous or whatever. Uh And it's just like, "Mm, I don't know. Like I've been with the same people for the last two years. And I know like I know people who've been in consecutive relate more relationships than that in the same amount yeah. of time not yeah not the to compare but like no just, sure but just for yeah. example yeah oh yeah jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, a wild yeah. headphone going don't want to unplug that no but yeah um no that's it's <laughs> such a good point too that like you know i think of my promiscuity if you will as like a single person <laughs> i thought it was like way more dangerous than an open relationship because again there's that like over communication there's that over sharing it's like uh you know a consistent and constant conversation constantly getting checked up i think it's less likely to um again maybe be like a mainstream thing because i don't like not all people are aware that this kind of communication between partnerships can exist and so we are more likely to do things like in secrecy or all or nothing Mm -hmm. or black and white which you know yeah exactly I'm glad you're writing a book about it or wanting to write a book about it. And um, (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, as someone who's literally in this middle of her second manuscript, I painfully Mm. understand where you're at. So if you ever want to have like writing (laughs) sessions, let me know. Cool. You can just sit and write while we stare at each other through zoom. Yeah. Um, Focus. Stay focused. Yes. Yes. Especially (laughs) with us. I feel like we need an accountability partner. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So I'm curious too, with like the, amount of time it takes to be poly because like mm-hmm. that's the comment i get all the time where it's like poly can mean me- many right. many partners it can mean one other like that's why i've always more identified i guess as not ethically non-monogamous just because mm-hmm. it's that feels like that container fits my body right now you know maybe sure. it will expand yeah. or contract but um i think can you talk a little bit about like the time consumption because a comment I get all the time is like, I barely have fucking time for one person's needs and wants. How could I possibly fucking emotionally stay available for another? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't have time for anything either. It's like, it's all about your priorities though, right? Like if it's something that gives you purpose or like dopamine, Mm -hmm. like you're going to prioritize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I am, yeah (laughs) it's tricky i think the most important part is being able to like schedule things with different partners and um stick to it which is sometimes hard like it kind of takes away like i guess like the that like spontaneity of like like sexual fun i guess it's like i'm gonna see you this day at this time right but like that really like makes me more accountable to my partner because then Mm. i can say like Hey, I can be here for you, or like for my other partner, or just because I yeah, I can be here for you for this amount of time, this amount of time mm-hmm. I'll be gone at this point, you know, like yeah, and then also to say to my other partner like yeah, I'm gonna be there for you at this point and I will be there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think 
it's scheduling, but like yeah. I, I can't say that I'm great at that either. Sure, but um, I I can only then, imagine yeah. for like other like when you throw kids into the mix, I'm like, how do they do it? They are superhuman because not only are you <laughs> no. now sharing like time and energy with partners, but also children, and then like the children. scheduling of yeah. children and the t- emotional yeah. taxation of children. Like, but then you got that, more parental figures to watch after the children. And like, so, like, they raised them us. Go on a date. Yeah, like, they raised yeah. us for in tribes for a long time. Was like, there were multiple. Oh, yeah. Takes a village to raise a yeah. child. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's where, like, my partner keeps his, like, hopes about children alive because <laughs> they kind of die with me. Um, <laughs> is that that's the way it was done and intended for, and, like, successful for a lot of people. Right. And, like I've always wanted to write like a script about like a a group of like five people that some are friends and some are lovers and like how those people could raise a child to be and like the messiness involved with it. But the one thing that comes to mind always is like, God, someone must have an immaculate schedule. Like it almost just seems like a rich person's (laughs) luxury to be able to be that way. (laughs) Yeah. Like super type A, like prepared for everything. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not like that. So it's like, I mean, I want to be, but I, it's just difficult. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's struggle. Um, but yeah, I think like, yeah, open communication and then mm-hmm. apologizing if, yeah, if you have to and mm-hmm. being open about what's important to you too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like I've gotten myself into um, tricky situations where it's like, maybe I do want to go hang out with one of my other partners, but instead of like me, like, I just won't say it. I'll just, I'll, mm. I'll be like, mm, we'll see if it works out. And then, um, but then like, uh, but then all of a sudden then I'll get like a text from Sarah and she'll be like, Oh, like, let's go do this tonight. And then I'm like, Oh crap. Now that she already has something in her head about what we're going to do now that this, okay, now I can't, mm. I can't change that. Like, but had I been open about it from the start and say like, like it would be important for me to go see my other partner. I haven't seen him in this amount of time or whatever, like whatever it is. Um, she would have understood that and yeah. I've been like, cool, I'll see you on Sunday. We'll go do this on Sunday. You know, like, yeah. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did you find like the, uh, you know, people always call it like the rules and I agree. I hate that word and I don't think it's yeah. smart, but like the boundaries <laughs> for what you, and I guess Sarah, um, since she's in the, what did you call it? You called it like the participatory and by lifestyle. Like she's, she's in the oh, lifestyle yeah. version. My lifestyle. Yeah. 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 Like how did she find um, boundaries and was able to communicate them to you and vice versa? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it's, it's so interesting us, I think, because from the start, I was very like, we need rules. Like we need to have rules. I'm such a, okay, I'm such a rule follower. Like, that is just <laughs> me in general. Um, so I'm like, we need to have rules. So, um, and one of them off the bat was like, no feelings. Like, this is just mm. originally started as just yeah. like a sexual sure. curiosity. Yeah. Um, so this will just be like, no feelings. And then I, <laughs> then I learned later on, like, oh yeah, I'm a very relational human being. And it's very hard to like, stop 
mm-hmm. like legitimate feelings for other people and like why would you like yeah let's just make space for them too mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah uh, but i forget what i was saying again <laughs> no I, I again i get so like on the same page with you i'm like yeah yeah and then i'm like wait yeah what yeah. was my question where are we going yeah but, but the boundaries <laughs> finding like boundaries and being mm-hmm. able to communicate mm-hmm. them right and how it was yes. received yeah so like Right off the bat, I was the one who was, like, trying to make all these rules. And actually, it's funny. We were Googling, like, rules of an open relationship. Like, <laughs> and we couldn't find anything that was, like, legit. Yeah. Like, one, two, three, four, five. Here's all the rules you got to follow. Um, and I was, like, kind of frustrated by that. And, like, okay, well, let's let's figure it out then. Yeah, like, no feelings. Like, um, yeah, like, I don't, like, that, like, use a condom. Like, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was kind of, like, the... I guess, okay, no, there were a lot more rules from the start. Sure, um, sure. And that, I think, is, like, um, typical of non-monogamy. Yeah. It feels like, like a safety mechanism like, to start. Yeah, yeah, Dipping just kind your toes. of experimenting, right? Yeah. Let's see what we can do, and let's, yeah, let's see what feels good and what what's important to us, and, yeah, figure out how to make that all work. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's evolved i don't mm. like we don't even really have rules yeah. anymore um right yeah like other than own. like tell each other when we're going to not or, like be with another partner just right that's yeah like, courtesy nice of each like. other <laughs> yeah courtesy yeah so what well, how do you like something i love that our couple therapist always brings my jared and i together with a question especially mm-hmm. if it's like a, te- a more tense uh couples therapy session is mm-hmm. <laughs> so what made you guys come back together or like how did you find each other again or how did you come back together again through this and it kind of puts like the issue in the background and i'm like oh yeah like why did we come back to each other and why mm-hmm. how did we do that so i guess my question for you is like how do you manage through any struggle times or how do you find connection again? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I totally had an answer for this and then I kind of thought about something else and then I kind of lost it. Um, <laughs> we love our ADHD for that. Yeah. Let me just explain to you what's going on in my yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So like, uh, I think, okay, so we, so my, my, my wife and I, we are married. So mm-hmm. I think what happens in a lot of, like with a lot of married couples is it's like, you're kind of, um, like bound to each other. Like mm-hmm. you're supposed to love each other. Cause it's like in writing, you share the last, mm-hmm. each other's last name. Like it's, you know, um, yeah, you're bound to each other. So no matter what happens, like you'll just fall back on that structural yeah monogamous marriage right as like a reason to be together and um i think that non-monogamy can lead to really strong relationships because every day you're choosing to come back to each other Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and like despite the fact that i I am married like that's not part of it we don't fall back on the structural part Mm -hmm. of that our relationship for strength it's that um yeah, like finding ways to, uh, yeah, like just be with each other, ways to connect authentically. Um, yeah, it's it, it's hard. It can be hard, like especially like for um, like for us, like just having gone through her transition, there mm-hmm. were a lot of struggles that came came up along the way, mm-hmm. and um, 
yeah, it's, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, we're, we've known each other since kindergarten and yeah, uh, she crazy. was my <laughs> second, my second crush ever in life. Aww. Like I, I saved her Valentine's cards. Like Stop we it. used to save each other. Yeah. <laughs> I that is them, so like, fucking cute. Displayed them at our wedding and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh so, and like, it's all, so it is really kind of natural that you guys like soul bonded from an age yeah. where it's like a respect almost and not mm-hmm. not because you're a part of this government paper. It's because right. you guys have literally soul bonded been through so much yeah, together and like re- mm. really love each other and choose to be with each other every day because because it's this thing that we've built, right? Like any mm. relationship you've put in time and energy and mm. you know blood sweat and tears like to to make it what it yeah. is and, and to continue any relationship you have to continue attending to it in that yeah. way and, yeah i so, love that yeah. that visual like visual of saying like it's something you guys built together because mm-hmm. that's where i've seen when things don't work out or have fallen apart or i've heard from other you know friends or whatever is like it was at different paces or it was someone else's once before the other, or there wasn't enough communication or someone wasn't ready or whatever. But the idea Mm -hmm. that like it was something you built together feels very um, like there's a lot of accountability there. It's, it can never really be a blame game because it's, it's two people. Right. And it seems Mm -hmm. so basic because it's like, duh, ethically non-monogamous situations have to be consensual to literally be ethically non-monogamous. But (laughs) just remembering that like is really, really beautiful. Um, So like, what is your advice to society on the idea of (laughs) more acceptance towards polyamorous and non-monogamous relationships? Mm, towards more <laughs> acceptance ah uh-huh. i guess okay just like knowing that it's an option is mm. just really cool because i think that what ends up happening is during socialization we're so like when we're growing, growing up through adolescence we're so um drilled with monogamy like around every corner like this is this is all there is kind of and Mm-hmm. And and that's like yeah part, like a like a milestone in life that you're supposed to meet, um, and yeah, it's so so limiting <laughs> to me. I'm yeah. like, because what if you get married when you're like 18 and that's oh it? You did yeah. it. You've done I it know. all. <laughs> Congrats. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's like, like imagine like all of that beautiful connection that you're missing out mm. on from like yeah, just not. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah um, it's it's not traditional and i you think can stumble upon yeah yeah it, it's mm-hmm. it, again like to me it's always been a conversation where i'm like why wouldn't i want d- to share this and the only times when i feel like it's not a good idea is when jared and i have instability and Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily seem, it, it's like if I'm going to search for something because I'm not getting it from Jared in a way that's like hurtful or harmful rather than additive, I know I mm-hmm. can like clearly see the difference. And I feel like okay, so many yeah. people that are in like a traditional marriage, if you will, feel like they don't even have that option. Like there is no mm-hmm. outlet. There is no way to have right. emotional space with someone else there because it, it's deemed it, uh, it, cheating or 
irresponsible right. or, or whatever. Whereas like, right. again, it all kind of just comes back to like the people who are in poly and open relationships in my life are the most like heart centered, authentic, communicative people. And like mm-hmm. you only ever hear about the horror stories or the bad apples, of course, or like, oh, you know, right. the abusive yeah, situations, exactly. but, or manipulative, yeah. but yeah. I don't fuck with those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot of stigma and like, yeah, it's like slut shaming too, which is like, mm, come on. Like we're in 2022 <laughs> for fuck's sake, <laughs> but yeah, come on. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think, um, yeah, just like knowing that it's an option because what ends up happening with people is, yeah, they'll, end, they'll, they'll, they, they feel like they need another uh, yeah, a connection or something mm-hmm. else that they're missing and they'll still act on it. Mm-hmm. And it's so much worse to betray and like, mm-hmm. feel like you've been mm-hmm. betrayed uh, by your partner than mm-hmm. to just like have them come to you and say, Hey, this is what would be important to me. Or this is what would like, yeah, be helpful for me. And this is what can, I can bring back to us and mm-hmm. it's not going to take anything away from you. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's so hard though, because like monogamy, like I said, is like drilled into us, like around every corner, like every song mm-hmm. is like about a couple and like, you know, <laughs> the movies, uh, the TV shows, like there's yeah. no relationships oh modeled in like a healthy way, except for like some niche indie obscure, like queer show. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I read this quote though. It said, uh, I'm just going to read it. Yeah. The idea that monogamy is the most natural or normal relationship setup is a belief system, not a universal truth. So I, yeah. So I think that's like, um, important to remember, um, that yeah, it's, it's a belief system. Like that's all it is. It's that simple. It's literally a a belief system. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that what's important to people or what, what I think would, well, what's important to me is, uh, (laughs) um, being able to like check off those relational needs for myself Mm. rather than checking off those ideal milestones that society Mm. says I need Mm. to do. So God, Mm. that's so beautifully put, like checking (laughs) off those miles, like for you and your emotional and like you, your fulfillment as a human needs rather than societal is so fucking empowering. Like that was epic. Exactly. Thank oh, you no, for exactly. That. Like <laughs> it's about you. Like this is your yeah. life. Live it. Don't live it for somebody else. Come on. <laughs> wow. In, I guess like yeah. wrapping up, cause I can't believe we've already been talking for this long. Um, it flew by. <laughs> I always say that mm-hmm. every week, but I'm also like it, genuinely <laughs> it, it, these yeah. fly by for me, but what, like <laughs> so what we think, what would you, <laughs> what would you say to someone who's listening to this and thinks like I'm, I'm understanding and I'm hearing this, but it's never even been a topic of conversation. It's not in our culture. It's not in our area. It's not in my family. It's nowhere that I could even be seen. What do you think is like the first step for them to take as a human being? (laughs) Yeah. So I think like getting to know what you need, like what is important to you. So like, um, like if that is like, if you're not sure, like what your relationship structure, like which relationship structure would work best for you, which hold on, let me just say this. Um, the thing about non-monogamy, because there aren't a lot of role mm-hmm. models, um, is like, it feels like you, you're not doing it right. Right. Like you mm-hmm. feel like you're, 
Yeah. What, like, how is this supposed to look? Like, this should look a certain way. And like, no, you're doing it exactly right because yes. there hasn't been examples yet. You are the example. Yeah. You're your own example. So, um, yeah, I, I love just that. think that that's important to to remember. Um, so, yeah, just like know what you need. So, like, is yeah, is it, is it monogamy or is it something else? Is it like it can be whatever it is that you need? Just mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, maybe you need to read some books or yes. like do some like deep dives into your yourself. Yes, um, and then like say what you need to a partner, yes. and and like be honest about it. Don't like agree to anything that you know you're not going to be able mm. to like mm-hmm. do. Um, and then like, yeah, like show love and respect because that's important. That's like the <laughs> basics I think of being a good human. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's like so important to like, um, like even in your, your podcast, uh, about, or like what Jared, you said, like he tells you every day how much he loves mm-hmm. you and like mm-hmm. that he's there for you. And like, that's so important in mm-hmm. non-monogamy to, mm-hmm. to acknowledge that. So, yeah, yeah. I feel really lucky that, you know, and he's evolving all the time, but I feel very lucky, but also like, I deserve that from someone. And of it course. wasn't until I was with someone who like proved to me that, that I have leveled up all of my standards of just like, you know, maybe if I hadn't have gotten that from him, I would have found it on like TikTok or something. You know, I feel like that Somewhere. I had like a lot of self-actualization there. Um, yeah, he would have across it. It's like you you don't have any social media. You don't have anything to promote except that you're definitely writing a book. Is there any need or ask that we can uh, give you using your goodbye that normally someone's like, follow me here, plug this? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much. Uh, I like The only social media I use is... I do have an Instagram, but it's like for my my nail art. Oh, I was gonna comment on your nails, but I was like, oh, don't distract me. Don't don't throw us off, Kelsey. Don't throw it. Let me see. Show them up to the screen, please, because obviously, look at my. Oh my god. Oh, hold on. I love that. Uh, Wait, can you share your nail one? Will you? Mine. Oh yeah, it's uh, so it's. Janashley nail art. So Janashley. You Nashley. you can put it in the description maybe. J E N N A S H L E Y nail art. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, and uh, also in the description can... I'll put more um like you mentioned some uh I I've heard some really good like TED talks on non-monogamy so I'm going to put those too for sure. Oh, awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, and there's like I can send you like a book list too that I've been reading cuz I've got I I've got tons. I love a They're book great. list. Yes, please, <laughs> cuz I definitely would love to read that too. That would I I think we all should listen yeah. even if you're not thinking about it and opening mm-hmm. it in your relationship. Um, yeah. Jenna, this was and so cool. Keep an eye out for the book. <laughs> yes, and when when you have it, let's do another episode. When it's out, Sounds we'll promote the yes. hell out of it. <laughs> for sure, yes, please. I'd love that. Thank oh, you. <laughs> perfect. All right, confidants, that's it for this week. Uh, definitely check out the links and resources below. Jenna, thank you so much. Uh, confidants, thank you, Kelsey. You can rate this five stars on iTunes. If you don't give it five stars, please don't give it anything because I'm very sensitive. Speaking of sensitive, merch is still a thing. It's out. Get the book, uh, and we will see you next week. Bye, Jenna. Bye. We call it slicking the bean, choking the chicken, giving yourself a hand, auditioning finger puppets. There's a million and one names for the old five-finger shuffle, and yet hundreds of millions of people are unable to sauce the taco due to disability, aging, or illness. That's where we come in, if you'll pardon the phrase. 
At Bumpin, we've created the world's first accessible sex toy, so people with limited mobility, hand issues, and disabilities can celebrate Palm Sunday just like everyone else. If you agree that everyone deserves sexual pleasure, help us spread the self-love and fund an orgasm for those in need. Give the gift of the big O at getbumpin.com. That's G-E-T-B-U-M-P-N dot com.